shut them off, just make no distractions for you or anyone around you. So shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the many blessings that you have given to us. And this is a great blessing that we have the opportunity to come before you and to worship you and to praise you and to glorify you for who you are and what you've done in each of our lives. Be with us through this service. And as we began with these praise songs, Father, may they lift up our spirits unto you. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Here we go. Resound. Watch the waters part before us now. Come and see what He has done for us. Tell the world of His great love. Our God is a God who saves. Our God is a God who saves. And the church will stand, she will endure. He holds the keys of life, our Lord, death has no sting. The final word, our God, is a God who saves. Yes, our God is a God who saves. God who saves. Sing it. Our God is a God who saves. It's true. Our God is a God who saves. Sing it with me. Our God is a God who saves. You know it's true. Our God is a God who saves.
us and that's who he is and now we're going to bow before him in prayer if anyone would like to come to the altars and pray they're open shall we pray father you are such a good good father and we thank you because you are perfect in every way and you know all about us because you've created us you've created us in your image father so that we could have fellowship with you and that we could lift up our praise and glorify you for who you are and for what you've done, Father. We thank you for your love and your mercy, your grace, and for your faithfulness, Father. We know that you are so faithful to us, that you are always with us, and you you promised that you would never leave us or forsake us, and that you would be with us through everything. And Jesus, we just thank you for your part of of giving of your life so that we could have salvation and your your life uh, was given up because of our sin and we we come before you today and we just bow before you and 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 say thank you father we thank you jesus for what you've done for us we thank you that you have sent your holy spirit to to fill our lives and to flow through us and that we can represent you on this earth father let our light shine before man so that they could see you and not us help us to be what you want us to be father you have given us a plan in each of our lives to fulfill and help us to keep our eyes upon you and to follow you in the path that you have for us, Father. We just thank you for your goodness and your mercy and all of those things that you have lifted up before us because you are a great God and we just thank you. We pray for those that are uh, in pain today. We, we lift them up before you and we know that you can be with them. We think of Virginia that's uh, not able to come and we just pray, Father, that you will touch her body and be with her today. Comfort her. And for uh, Bobby, who's going to have surgery and, and for Beth uh, and, and Carrie, we lift them up to you, Father. You are the great physician. You are the great healer. And we bring them before you. We thank you, Father, for, for Deborah and the surgery that she went through. And, and the, the procedure went so well. And we just pray, Father, now for the healing. And as she prepares for another surgery this month, we just pray, Father, that you will continue to be with her. Uh, surround her with your, your presence and give her peace and understanding that only you can give. And we, we pray, Father, for... Um, the search of a, a pastor for us. We we know that you have the right person 
and that you are already speaking to them. And we pray, Father, that they will be mindful of what you're speaking to them and help us as a church to be praying, Father, for the right one and that you will uh, open the doors and that you will open our hearts and minds to the, the one that will be best suited for our church, Father. We just thank you for Pastor Don that has come today and we pray that he will give the message that you have laid upon his heart a message that we need to hear the message that we can take in with our hearts and we can use it uh, this week to, to benefit our, our walk with you and Father we just pray that you will be with each one of us as we do your will that we will be willing to step up and to do what you've asked us to do for we know that even though when we feel inadequate you equip us with every good thing that we need and so, Father, we just ask your blessings upon this service, upon this day. And as the ushers come, we pray that you will bless the offering, that you will use it to further your kingdom, and that you will bless the giver. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> you may be seated. It's good to be in the house of God and to know that he is always with us, and he is such a good, good father. Upward bas uh, excuse me, basketball, where'd that come from? Upward soccer is uh, going to conclude this Saturday, and Saturday night will be a special awards ceremony at 6 o'clock here, and everyone is invited to come and see these uh, boys and girls and the coaches and everything that's going on, and I understand it's going to be a great time. Miss Rochelle always has some great things planned, and, and so be here and to support this uh, great um community outreach. There's a lot of families that have been uh, participating in this soccer and um, they need a family home church and we could be that. So we need to reach out. So be here Saturday night, 6 p.m. Um, we're going to have an all church Thanksgiving dinner on November the 24th. And the turkey will be provided, but um, Miss Sharon needs to hear from a couple of you that could cook those turkeys, so uh, get in touch with her if um, you would be able to do that. And then we'll be bringing all the sides. Also, uh, there's a sign-up sheet on the Welcome Center to decorate a table, and that just needs a centerpiece, so if you're able to do that, we would greatly appreciate that. So today we, we are honored to have uh, Pastor Don Bozell with us, and he is going to come and bring the message that God has laid upon his heart for us. Did we take the offering? Love offering, okay. I didn't even see it. Must have, must have fell asleep. <laughs> okay. It's good to be back here, I think. I was, I was thinking it would be a lot longer before I would return to... Uh, to be your interim pastor, but uh, so enjoyed my first day here and uh, see many familiar faces. I think it was two years ago that we were here <clears throat> and uh, preaching the word and uh, God helped us and it was a wonderful time. And I did talk my wife into coming up one Sunday and uh, she's not with us today. She's been having some back trouble this week, but she is also the main adult teacher at the Clean Church of the Nazarene along with singing in the choir for her 
son-in-law, which is probably the most vital job of the two. Uh, since she's, res- you, you understand that, right? Of the two, teaching the adults or being with the, uh, the son-in-law is important. I really want to talk to you this morning, <clears throat> and uh, we're not going to have any notes up on the board. Uh, I did not come up here Wednesday night to give those, and that's probably for the best, because all I want you to do this morning is just pay attention to what I say. And sometimes the board can be distracting. Uh, we do that. Everybody does that today, put things up on the board. And, uh, but I just want to talk to you about something today uh, that I think will be a challenge for us. In fact, it's something that no matter how long the Lord keeps me here uh, in an interim position, I want this to be our challenge. And I really mean that. And I, I, I have, since uh, the district superintendent first contacted me about coming here, uh, the Lord laid this on my heart, and uh, I haven't been able to get away from it, though I had a month to do that, and so I believe it's the Lord's will this morning. I want you to stand, if you have your Bibles this morning, and turn to First uh, Samuel 17, and I'm gonna, just going to read a few verses. I understand the children are in here this morning. I didn't know that they were going to be in here. But a few verses that I believe everybody will be familiar with, so I don't need to go into detail of this great story of David as he faces Goliath. And yet in this story of David facing Goliath, I believe with all my heart there's everything that we need to hear today as a congregation as we go through these days uh, between senior pastorates uh, here at at uh, Waco Community Church. So I'm just going to read verses 4 to 7 as a challenge for everything else that I say. Then the champion came out from the armies of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was clothed with scale armor, which weighed five thousand shekels of bronze. He also had bronze greaves on his legs and bronze javelins slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like the weaver's beam, and the head of the spear weighed six hundred shekels of iron. His shield carrier also walked uh, before him. Father, I pray this morning, Lord, that as we Uh, spend this time together, that we would be challenged. Lord, we need to be challenged. We don't need to be sitting back and waiting. We don't need to be in despair. We don't need to be uh, cowering back and waiting and, and crying and hoping. We need to be people, Lord, that, that are under a complete understanding of who God is and what he wants to do and what he can do for us. And so I pray, Lord, that this uh, wonderful story of David and Goliath would challenge us this morning, Lord, as we glean from it to be who God wants us to be in these days. In your precious name I pray, amen. You may be seated. I was sitting in a Sunday school class 
at Old Gary Glen Park Church of the Nazarene. The church no longer exists. It's now South Lake Church of the Nazarene and is relocated out of the city of Gary, Indiana, out into the country as most Nazarene churches through their history have always been on the run. Amen? Let's just be honest here so we know each other. And so I was there as the associate. In fact, I was the director of Christian education. I was director of Christian education because I knew of nothing else to do. I was educated at uh, Indiana State University. I had been a teacher for six years. Uh, I got saved. I got sanctified. And Dr. Graves saw something in me that, that challenged me. And he brought me on staff from Bethany, Oklahoma. And there I was sitting in a Sunday school class on Sunday morning next to Dr. Graves, team teaching in adult Sunday school class, knowing very, very little, and I want you to understand this, knowing very, very little about the Bible. Dr. Graves leaned over to me that morning, and this is what he said. He said, Don, I want you to go over to Hobart St. Paul Church of the Nazarene this morning and preach to those people. David is sick. That's David Graves, who's now one of our general superintendents. David is sick. He was supposed to be there. He can't go. You go. I looked at him and I said, but Dr. Graves, I don't have a sermon. He looked at me and he said, everybody's got a sermon. And I said, well, maybe you ought to send everybody over there because I don't have a sermon. And then he looked at me as only Dr. Graves could, and he said, Don, get up and go to Hobart, St. Paul, Church of the Nazarene, and preach to those people. And all of a sudden, what I want you to see, all of a sudden, in a spiritual Christian walk, there was a giant standing before me. You can understand, amen? There was a giant standing before me that I had no idea whatsoever how I could take on or conquer. I still remember going down to my car that morning, getting in my car, starting my car, and starting towards Hobart St. Paul Church of Nazarene, a church I had never been in, didn't know anything about, didn't know the people, and didn't have a sermon. The giant attacked me all the way there. The question I want to ask you this morning as a congregation is, what giants, what giants do you have in your life this morning? Are they worse than that one? Uh, maybe someone who bullies you or puts you down or controls or intimidates you? Or maybe your giant is an impossible problem with no apparent solution? something that some of us that really love Waco Community Church might be feeling a little bit about this morning. Is it an addiction that has you entrapped? They tell us that a large number of people in our nation today are addicted on opiates and, and other drugs that it's such a tremendous disease in our nation that we don't even know what to do about it. 
and that's just the truth. Or maybe it's a broken relationship that seems unsalvageable, or perhaps something in your past that holds you hostage. You see, giants, you got to understand something. If you know the Bible, we know that giants are not all bad, are they? The truth of the matter is, out of that trip over to Hobart St. Paul that day, that was God literally calling me into the preaching ministry. And the reason that, uh, that uh, Louisville Trinity Church and the Harlingen Church of Nazarene and, and Dayton First Church of Nazarene and Temple First Church of Nazarene had this guy as their pastor is because of a morning in Gary Glen Park when someone leaned over to me and said, go preach when I didn't have a sermon. It's the way God works as he takes on giants. So giants are not all bad. Look at the three things that we learned from David's giants this morning that I want you to see. The first thing that I want you to see is this. Giants are intimidating. Giants are intimidating. They really are. I want to tell you something. If I know anything about this congregation this morning, I can tell you the very thought of bringing another pastor into this church is an intimidating thing, isn't it? We don't know. See, is that the right person to be our pastor? We don't know that. Giants are intimidating. In fact, when I got to Hobart St. Paul and I walked inside of that building that day, you know what I was expecting because I had seen so much of this around the Gary, Indiana area? I expected a congregation of 25, 35 people. When I walked into the church that morning, there were 170 worshipers. 170. I would prayed everybody was sick at home. But there they were, all 170 of them. See, giants are intimidating. Listen, listen to uh, what God says in verse 17, 4 to 7. A champion named Goliath who was from Gath came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet. His head and coat and armor and bronze weighed 5,000 shekels and his legs were of bronze greaves and, and on and on and on. This, my friends, was an intimidating giant. The Bible tells us that he was nine feet, nine inches tall. Can you imagine the NBA contract, this guy? Huh? Can you imagine the the can you imagine what they would have paid him to play basketball in the NBA? Nine feet, nine inches tall. He was wearing this incredible amount of armor and helmets. He was intimidating. The second thing that we learned from giants is this. Giants don't just go away. They don't just go away. Uh, when I walked in that church that morning, you don't know anything about Gary Glenn Park, but I want to tell you something. Gary Glenn Park, under the leadership of Dr. Grays, was a spiritual institution. And it was not unusual for that church to break open to where there was no preaching. People would just start testifying. The Holy Spirit was always on the church, the choir. It was a wonderful church to, for your first church in Nazareth, I want to tell you. And a privilege to be a pastor of that church. 
So me, when I got there to that church and saw that there was 170 people, I'm sitting there on the platform, and you know how I'm praying. Lord, if you've ever taken over a service without preaching, this would be the one. Could you please just break in during the song service, during the prayer? Somebody stand up and testify anything, Lord, but me stand up there and preach. You see, giants will take over, giants, not will take over here, giants don't just go away. And I can tell you as they went through the opening prayer and they went through the music, and they went through the lengthy time of prayer, and they went through the offering, it was obvious to me that this giant was not going to just go away. Something was going to have to be done. In fact, 1 Samuel 17, 16 says this, For 40 days, 40 consecutive days, the Philistine came forward every morning and every evening and took his stand. The third thing that I learned from giants is this, Giants will literally take over your life. Can I warn you as a congregation something during these days of in-between leadership and for the future of your church? I want to warn you of something, and that is this. You start getting negative. You start letting the giant get into your life. You start letting them have control over your thought pattern and And so you begin to turn on leadership and you begin to do this. I want to tell you something. Giants have a tendency to literally take over your life. I was in uh, Harlingen, Texas, my second pastorate, my second year in my second pastorate, and I got a telephone call and I was asked to go out to a couple's home They were having some difficulty. When I went out there to that home, I found out that the husband and the wife were in conflict. He had left. I'm going to make this long story short. He had another girl. Uh, She was a Spanish uh, lady. He was going to leave his wife and two daughters and be with her. And uh, I tried my very best to bring them together, went out and found him where he was, talked to him. He said, it's too late. The the girl that I am with, she's already expecting a child. Uh, They went down to Brownsville. I asked to go along because I'm trying to save this relationship. And uh, they went in there to check about her uh, expectancy. And instead of an expectancy, they did an abortion. I mean, it was getting ugly. And so one night when I was laying in my bed, I woke up and I couldn't breathe. Now listen to me, I'm just telling you what happens when giants get a hold of you. I mean, I'm, I, I'm empathizing with this couple. I mean, this guy, now listen to this, this guy was the leader of my music in the church. And I woke up and I couldn't breathe. Jan said, you need to get to a doctor. And so the next morning, I went to the doctor. The doctor did a complete examination as much as they could in the valley. I'm not sure they had stethoscopes. But anyway, they, <laughs> he, he did what he could. And then he sat me down and he said, preacher, 
He said, I don't know you. He said, I really don't. He said, he said, you came into my office this morning. You thought you were having a heart attack. And he said, in a way you are. But he said, it's not a heart attack. And let me give you some advice. He said, whatever it is that has taken over your life, whatever giant has you by the throat today, whatever giant is pressing in on your heart today, you better let it go or it's going to kill you. You see, giants have a way of just taking over your life. If you read the scriptures, when you get down to verse 8, it says this, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of the Israelites, Choose a man and have him come out to me. But then look at the next, the, at verse 25. This is further down, and this is what it says. Now the Israelite had been saying, the Israelites are talking about the giants. They said, do you see how this man keeps coming out? And if you study that, you'll find out that what it is saying is this. When Goliath first challenged the Israelites, he was back here. Hey, you weaky, come on, take me on. But now he's up here. And then he's up here. And then he's here. He's coming out. He is taking over their life. That's his goal. To destroy them. Giants who do that. Giants have a tendency to take over your life. Well, <clears throat> what then do we do? How do we conquer our giants? What are we going to do about these giants? How are we going to overcome these giants? The beautiful thing about this story of David and Goliath is that he defeated his giant, and the interesting thing is he did it by remembering. He did it by remembering. That's important for you. Can I just say before I get into the five remembrances that he used, do you know what you need to do, and I'm sure that you do do as a church this morning as I challenge you? You need to remember. Remember who you were. Remember who you are. You need to remember. Remember the greatest days you ever had here. Remember the greatest service that you were ever a part of. Let the Lord move your mind into a state of remembrance. And let me show it to you. First thing when we think about remembrance is this. Remember, God has already prepared you for this giant. Now, I'm not pulling your leg this morning, folks. If there's, if there's one thing I know coming up here to kind of take over the church for a while, I want to tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know this with absolute certainty, God has prepared you for this time. God has prepared you for this moment. God has prepared you for anything and everything that's going to happen between now and the new leader God has prepared you for what's going to happen when the new leader comes. God has prepared you. 
Look at David. This is one of the most beautiful things in chapter 17, verse 34. David said to Saul, this is, this is so beautiful. Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep with, with it from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair. Can you visualize yourself doing that? Struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. God took little David, and because of how he works, when the other brothers were all in uniforms and out there fighting the enemy, David was out there caring for the sheep. That was not an easy job. You know why? Because he had to kill the lion. He had to kill the bear. He had to take on things that honestly can kill you. I mean in a hurry. So David knew that uh, that uh, he could take this on because he remembered how God uh, supplied. I remember when, uh, after the service was over, and uh, Dr. Graves had told me, finally, the last advice that he gave me before I left the church, he said, look, Don, I'm not throwing you into the lion's den. <laughs> he said, just, just go and give him your testimony. So when I got up, when it finally came my time, I just gave him my testimony. And you know what happened? People started coming to the altar. It was unbelievable. The altar, I, I didn't even know what to do. These people are responding to my message. I don't even know what I said. I mean, I was so nervous, I had no idea even what I said, and they're coming to the altar. And when it was over, I went to the back door. And you know what the guy said to me? He said, oh, that was wonderful. That was wonderful. He said, I'm so glad you're coming back tonight. I said, what? He said, I'm so glad you're coming back tonight. I said, sir, I'm not coming back tonight. He said, why aren't you coming back tonight? I said, because I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't have anything to say when I came here this morning, but I said something. But I guarantee you tonight... I don't have anything to say, period. The testimony is gone. The second thing that I want you to see is this. Remember to look beyond the problem to the potential. Now, I told you that because right after he asked me to come back and I said I wasn't going to come back, do you know what he did? He handed me a check. I said... You get paid for this? I didn't know. I said, you get paid for this? He said, yeah, we pay you for it. We'll pay you again tonight. I said, you know what I think I'm going to pray about? <laughs> I think I'm going to pray about possibly coming back tonight. This is getting interesting. 
Well, in this particular case in the Bible, you have to look beyond your problems of potential. In 1 Samuel 17, 26 and 27, we find out that Saul had promised the man who killed Goliath a reward of great riches. He promised him his daughter's hand in marriage, which we know turned out to not be such a bargain. And he promised him a tax exemption. And so here he had the possibility of a gain that was taking place. But you have to understand the greatest gain was not the daughter's hand and it was not the tax exemption. It was the very history of the Israeli nation that was the gain through David's effort. The third remember is this. Remember, don't try to be someone that you're not. You remember what happened? They, Saul took and put all this armor on David. He said, well, okay, if you're going to go against a giant, here, let me get this helmet on you and all of this and all this garb, and here's a sword. And David, the more he gets on him, you know, the lower he, the lower he gets, and he's going to have to fight this giant. And he finally said, I'm taking all this stuff off. I can't do this. I can't fight the giant that way. You see, you have to remember that you cannot be someone that you are not. And one of the problems that we get into in the life of the church is that we try to solve our problems by being someone that we're not. Now, here's the good news in that. Did you know that all that God requires for you during this interim time and all that God has ever required of you as an individual is for you to be the one that he made who you are who you are you know what i believe with all of my heart and i've always lived by this throughout uh, my ministry i believe with all of my heart that i have never pastored a church i've never taken over a church i've had a small church in louisville kentucky i had a small church that grew into a big church in harlingen I had a good-sized church in Dayton, Ohio, and in Temple, Texas, but there's one thing that I always approached the church absolutely knowing, and this is what I knew. God had already equipped that congregation with the gifts and the talents necessary to carry out the vision that he laid on my heart. Did you hear what I said? God had already placed in that church the necessary gifts and abilities to carry out the vision that he laid on my heart when I went there. And I can tell you that in this church, no matter how you feel, there's enough gifts and talents and ability within this church, this morning, this sanctuary, this time, to do anything that God wants to do in these next few months. Can I get an amen? Absolutely, because it's absolutely true. The next thing that I want to say to you is that you have to remember something else too, though, and this is a little bit discouraging. You have to remember to prepare for the worst. Well, preacher, you build us up all of that, and then you tell us we have to be prepared for the worst. Well, that doesn't mean you're going to lose it just means that Satan is going to double his efforts to defeat you. Satan's going to double his effort to bring discouragement. Satan's going to double his effort to make sure that it doesn't happen. 
So you have to prepare when you take on the giant for the worst. Did you know that David did not pick up one stone to knock down Goliath? (laughs) No, no, no. He was preparing for the worst. Did you know that he also took his javelin besides his stone? Why did he do that? Because if the stone failed, if the sling failed, he was going to take him on with the javelin because he was preparing for the worst. And the devil will defeat you, my friend, knock you down and take you out if you do not take on the giant ready to take on the worst. There's one more remember that I want you to see here this morning, and that is this. David, in this great, great story in 1 Samuel 17, also tells us that we need to be prepared for discouragement. You know, before I give you the four areas of discouragement we have to be prepared for, I want to just tell you that uh, I pastored Dayton First Church in Nazarene for 17 years. And there was, and I'm going to say this just the way I feel, there was, I believe, a godly man. In fact, he was a chaplain, uh, ordained elder in the Church of Nazarene. But I got to tell you, (laughs) no matter... He was one of these guys who, it was a seminary or nothing. You know, you ever met one of those? If you didn't have a seminary degree, I don't care what you said or what happened or you just, Mary, you just didn't have it. (laughs) You know, you didn't have what they had. And he was a seminary graduate. So no matter what I preached, I'm telling you, You can imagine in 17 years the directions I went in preaching. The church was growing. We were having great days. uh, But no matter what I preached or what I did, when I left the sanctuary on Sunday morning, went to the back door, and he would pass me by, he would say something negative. Love me, but, well, let me give you an example. He would say things like, well, you changed persons in the message. I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> yeah, you went from first person to second person in the message. You can't do that. And I remember when I went back for their 100th celebration and I was the speaker, and uh, he walked up to me and he was standing me, standing next to me, made, made an effort to come and stand next to me. This is their 100th celebration. I'm now out of the ministry, retired. And he stands next to me, and I'm thinking, I remember thinking, he's going to say something nice to me. I can just feel it. You know, I'm just, I'm such a positive guy. Just, he's going to say something. And you know what he said? He said, put on a little weight, haven't you? You've got to be ready for discouragement. There were four areas that David saw discouragement. Number one, fears, fears, fears. Listen to this, verses 23 and 24. As he was talking to them, 
Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. When the Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear. You're going to have to face your fears. Well, why do you tell us that, Pastor? Because I want, you to, I want to be an encouragement to you this morning because I want you to hear what Jesus said. And you just overlooked it. But this is what Jesus said. Fear not. Didn't he? One of his key teaching was this. Look, folks, fear not. I am the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. I've got all the power. You don't have to fear. I'll do the fearing. Fear not. The second thing is your friends and family can be a source of discouragement. Look at verse uh, 28. When Eliabed, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave these, those few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You come down only to watch the battle. Family can be a source of discouragement. Now, I'm not even going to go into that this morning. Do you think that that might be the reason that Jesus said one time? Now listen to me. You think that might be the reason that Jesus said one time concerning getting things done for God? He said, no man who loves brother and sister and all the relatives more than they love me, and I'm paraphrasing now, is fit for the kingdom of God. You've got to rise above that. You'll have relatives who say, well, I knew that church was eventually going to fall apart. Well, I knew that was going to happen. It was inevitable. Well, I told you not to call that guy his pastor. On and on and on. Negative, negative, negative. There's a third one here that's important, and that is your foreman can be a source of discouragement. Now, I got to tell you, well, let me, read it, let me read it for you. Saul replied, Saul was the, would have been David's foreman, you are not able to go out against that Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy, and he has been a fighting man from his youth. I got to tell you that in the course of my ministry, I got into some bad problems. I really did. I, I am not a genius when it comes to, well, I make mistakes. And some of them require counseling with a district superintendent or what you consider to be your spiritual guru. <laughs> And so I did that a lot. In fact, in fact, Dr. Knight, who just recently, Dr. Marcel Knight, who just recently passed away, uh, I, I cannot tell you 
three or four times that I drove down to Georgetown, paid for his breakfast, and picked his mind to ask him, what am I doing wrong, and how can I do it better? What's your advice? And Dr. Graves, you know, I met him. I can tell you some funny stories of us trying to meet up. When I was at one Bob Evans and he was at the other, and then I said, no, you're not the right Bob Evans, so I immediately left to go to his Bob Evans, but unfortunately he left to come to my Bob <laughs> and that kind of thing, and we finally got together after it was too late to even talk. And, uh, but, but these individuals are vital part of my ministry. But there's something I got to tell you, just so you know. After you talk to them, after they give you advice, after you spend time with them, after you're pleading the blood to get help, this is what you get. Good being with you, Don. <laughs> Good being with you, man. Go up there and get them. <laughs> I'm going home. And that's just the way it is. Folks, I got to tell you that the foreman, the one who's on top of you, the one who's in charge of you, oftentimes can be a detriment to what you are trying to do. And then your foe can be a source of discouragement. And, of course, we know who the foe was. And we know that the Goliath, before he was killed, never gave up on the discouragement that he threw at David. Well, how did David defeat then Goliath? How do we win the victory? Well, we do it through trust in God. And that magical verses 45 and 47. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. This day the Lord will hand you over to me and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not the sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. The Lord will give us the victory. Do you believe that? Do you believe that this morning? The Lord will give us the victory. All we have this morning is prayer and a God who knows where we are, what we're doing, where we're going, how we got where we are, and what lies in the future. And he is the one that will give us the victory. I want to challenge you this morning during this time that I'm the interim pastor I had a discouraged group of people over in uh, Nacogdoches. They were losing a longtime pastor and liked him. Who wouldn't like him? He was my son-in-law. And uh, so he was leaving and going to go to Indiana. And so I got this particular chapter of the Bible, and I began to teach out of it. And... Uh, they gave me a theme shirt because they were so challenged by it. And by the way, God's doing wonderful things there. 
with my son-in-law long gone. God's doing wonderful things. And so the last day that I was there, after I taught many other things, they gave me the shirt and it simply said this, slay like David. <laughs> slay like, amen? Slave like David. I want to challenge us that this is going to be our theme in the interim. You know what we're going to do as a congregation? We're going to slay like David. We're going to move forward in the name of the Lord. We're not going to try to be somebody that we're not. We're going to be somebody that the exact individuals, the exact congregation in the exact location that God himself put together and made. And we're going to take all the gifts and all the talents and all that we have and we're going to work together and we're going to do everything we can to not only love the Lord, but love his church and do everything we can to build his church even in the interim. We're going to slay our giant. That's what we're going to do. We're going to slay just like David. You feel challenged by that? That's what I want to do. And you know what? If you do that, I'll work with you, and we'll just see how it goes. And uh, wouldn't it be wonderful that when the new individual comes, he just finds a crowd that's so positive, so loving of the Lord, so ready to go. And you know, the worst thing we can do when we get a new pastor is this. Oh, it's been so terrible. Oh, I thought we were going to die. I was going to sell my house just to move away, get away from it. it you know what I'm saying. It's, it's said a thousand different ways. That's not us. That's not us. We're facing a giant, <laughs> but we're going to slay it just like David. Because the same God who slayed David's giant is ready to slay your giant today. Amen? Let's stand and pray. Our Father, in these next few weeks, the time that we have before us, Lord, we want to be giant slayers. We want to learn, Lord, from this tremendous, tremendous lesson from David Take all the aspects of it. We realize that the giant is great, the giant is powerful, the giant is intimidating. But, Father, we have a great big God. And that God is the same God that slayed David's giant. And it's a God that wants to slay our giant also. We want to leave this service this morning, Lord, encouraged. We want to leave this uh, service this morning challenged. We don't want to be defeated. We don't want to be down. We don't want to be in the dumps. We want to go forward in the name of the Lord because he's got great things for this church. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, that if there's somebody here this morning who would just like to spend a few moments at the altar praying about the slaying of the giant, <laughs> taking on the enemy, defeating the enemy just like David did in the power of the Lord. And they just want to ask for your strength to do it, your power to do it, to take them just as 
as he made them and put them up against the giants that are before us. To be one that, Lord, we invite them to come and to pray while we wait and while we sing. In Jesus' name, amen. You hear me when I call, you are my morning song. Though darkness fills the light, it cannot hide the light. Whom shall I fear? You crush the enemy underneath my feet. You are my sword and shield, though troubles linger still. Whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine. The God of angel armies is always by my side. Strength is in your name, for you alone can save. You will deliver me, yours is the victory. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me, I know who stands behind. The is always by my side the one who reigns forever he is a friend of mine the god of angel armies is always by my side and nothing for against me shall stand you hold the whole world in your hand I'm holding You are faithful, you are faithful, nothing formed against me shall stand, you own the whole world in your hand, I'm holding on to your promises, you are faithful, you are faithful. I know who stands behind The God of angel armies Is always by my side The one who reigns forever He is a friend of mine The God of angel armies Is always by my side I know who goes before me I know who stands behind The God of angel is always by my side the one who reigns forever he is a friend of mine the 
have a giant, a relationship, something going on at school, some problem, some financial need, something that's just weighing in on them so heavy. The message is that there's victory. There's victory through our Lord. And Father, if there's one here this morning who's carrying a giant of their own, Lord, I, I just invite them to come and to pray. Let others lay hands on them, not to ask any questions, but just pray for them for strength and power and, and hope. Is there anybody like that this morning before we go? You just have a tremendous, a tremendous giant. close in prayer and as you leave this morning be respectful to the one at the altar today father thank you lord for this service for this day i feel challenged in my own heart today lord and i know this congregation is going to go forward from this service and we're going to slay some giants and we're going to have some victories and we're going to have these great days lord in these times and the celebration of Thanksgiving and the advent of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What a time, what a great time it is to be a believer. And Lord, this church has been such a vital part of that in the lives of so many. So guide us, Lord, through this season of Thanksgiving and the Advent season. And Father, help us to be giant slayers as we go forward through this holiday season. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. God bless you as you go this morning.